people are making either impulse decisions on some things, but then they're seriously considering other stuff as well. So yeah, it's it's not one of those things where you turn on ads and straight away you've got more sales. Um, there's so many other things that come into it as well. Welcome to The Success Club, the podcast where we delve into all things business, marketing, mindset, and how to succeed as an entrepreneur. I'm your host, Shakira Jade, multiple seven-figure business owner and business coach with a passion for helping people succeed and blaze their own trail in business. If you are ready to up-level your skills, your mindset, and step into your next level self, then you've come to the right place. Think of me as your business bestie as we navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and life. Each week, I'll be taking you through business strategies along with resources and actionable steps so that you can make your wildest dreams a reality. I invite you to be a part of the Success Club by subscribing to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for pressing play today. And now let's get into it. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Success Club podcast. Today, I am bringing you a really exciting guest. Her name is Jess. She is the owner of Jess Solution Marketing or JSM for short, and she is an ads specialist. So she specializes in Facebook and Google ads, and she's also recently started expanding into UCG content and email marketing and social media management. So her business is amazing and she's an absolute wealth of knowledge. And our conversation is so interesting. I actually learned so much about ads, about Facebook and Google ads. We talk about when is the right time to start ads in your business, What is the difference between Facebook and Google ads, whether you should be boosting a post on Instagram. And I also chatted a little bit about her e-com brand without reason, the label, which is something she started about a year ago. And she's done that in addition to her marketing brand. So we chat all different topics and it was such a great conversation. I think if you are someone who is looking at incorporating ads into your business or you're already doing them and you want to know how you can maximize them and what kind of changes we're seeing at the moment in the industry, this is the perfect episode for you. So let's get right into it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Jess. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Yes, of course. No, this is going to be a great time. Um, So to give you guys a little bit of insight, Jess is from JSM. She actually runs all of our Facebook and Google ads. We've been working together for probably a year and a half now, I would say, and she runs all of our backend advertising, which is really great. Um, But I'd love for you just to tell my audience a little bit about yourself and your history, how you kind of got into your business and and what you guys do. Yeah, totally. Um, So I guess when I started, it was funny, I wanted to go into journalism. Here in Australia, if you're from elsewhere, um, we have an ATAR and I got my ATAR back and I missed out by like a couple of points to go into journalism. And so I remember going to the uni orientation day with my dad and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like this was the whole plan. And he was wandering around with me and we saw this stall that had like digital and social media as a degree. And I literally laughed out loud because I thought as if this is a thing you can study, but I signed up to it because I was interested and 
in my second year, this was a three-year course, and in my second year of studying, um, they offered me to do a double major. And they said, oh, if you want to, like, these are some of your other options. And I thought, man, digital and social media and then marketing and advertising work so well together. And I can see that that's the way of the future. Like, it's already happening now. My big goal when I was, like, in year 10 at school doing <laughs> doing my work experience was, like, to work in a magazine. I literally went to Women's Weekly and worked a week there. And, like, that was my big goal. But then I realized that, that it wasn't dying, but it was on its way out. And it was certainly more around like less on the traditional side of marketing and more on the online media side of it. And so I was really interested and fascinated into that. And I got a job working in an ad agency. I was there for 12 months. I was up against the boss's son. So I didn't get the full-time job after my part-time part kind of came to an end, which was a bummer, but I learned so much there. And I feel so blessed because my manager there at the time, he was amazing. He really kind of set me up for thinking that this was something I could actually do on my own um, rather than work for somebody else. So I've always been very entrepreneurial. My parents have their own business. My sister, she's two years younger than me. She has her own business. Like we, I've always kind of grown up around that. My husband's family all have their own business. He has his own. So it's just like a lot of entrepreneurs in my circle, which I'm so grateful for. And so I'd always thought about doing that, but I didn't know what I would do my own kind of business or how I would set that up. And so, yeah, my marketing or my manager, sorry, at the marketing agency, um, he, at the time I was there, my sister was working in a grocery store, which I had previously worked at while I was at school. And they were looking for someone to do just their social media, like their organic Facebook stuff, Instagram stuff, that kind of jazz. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Like I can help you out. So they were my first client that I landed. And they, it was so funny. My manager was like, okay, in your lunch break, like let's go, let's create like a presentation deck and all this stuff. So much more than what I needed to do for like this little local <laughs> grocery store. But I went and created this presentation deck for them, a full proposal. Um, and I sat them down at a cafe around the corner and I like went through it with them. And it was just such a great learning curve. Like I think it was 20 at the time. It was just such a cool experience. They were my first client. I spoke to my accounting parents and they're like, all right, well, we need to get you an ABN. We need to do all of this stuff. And so I was doing all this adulting businessy stuff and I just fell into it, I guess, in that sense. Um, and yeah, the first year and a half, I was kind of just working family, friends, referrals, and it just grew from there. And so after about a year, I went full time. Um, I did work other agency roles in the background, just part time. There was one particular situation that I had where I worked in an agency for three days and I resigned on my third day, which is a whole story in itself. <laughs> the short version is essentially I realized that it just in my 12 months of knowledge and experience that I'd grown at the agency, I had learned so much more and I just felt like I couldn't grow there. So there's a lot of other things that happened there, which I'm sure I could tell you in the DMs if you wanted to know. But yeah, it was an interesting experience, but I'm so grateful for it because it really catapulted me and my confidence in terms of like, you just give it a red hot go, like give it a crack, see what happens. And I did. So six years later, now we're here. I've worked with hundreds of businesses. We do Facebook ads, Google ads, organic social media. Um, we do a little bit of email marketing for clients. So yeah, it's a bit of everything, but we love it so much. We do some UGC as well. And yeah, I wouldn't have any other way. This is the first year that I've scaled the business with like proper employees, which is terrifying, but so exciting. And they're the best, best decision that I've made in the business so far. So I've got an awesome team with Nicole and Ella at the moment. They're both based in Melbourne and yeah, it's been so much fun growing that way. So yeah. 
Oh, that's so lovely to hear. That's so inspiring. And I've thoroughly enjoyed watching your growth as well. Even over the past year and a half, you've grown so quickly and you've introduced so many new offerings into your business. And it's been so cool to see the transformation of your business just in that short period of time. And I also love as well how you started out on one path. You were going to be a journalist and you wanted to work in a magazine, which I feel like almost every little girl would think the same thing. We want to, you know, be a part of that world, but you're right. It is kind of like a, you know, not fully dying, but it's compared to what it was, it's not the same. So Mm. you pivoted and you went in a totally different direction to what you thought you were going to be. And now you are in such, I feel like what you're doing is so aligned to who you are and your personality and what you're passionate about. And you, you found your passion, which is just so great to hear. And I also loved how you said you just gave it a red hot crack go. You know, so yeah, red hot go. <laughs> you just yeah, yeah. go, and I just love that. You know, because you you just thought, why, why not? Just try mm. it. What happens? What's the worst that can happen? And it worked out so amazing for you. So yeah, I absolutely love you. that. Oh, thanks. So good to see. And I wanted to know. So I know you guys do a lot of Facebook and Google ads. What was it that kind of drew you into wanting to sort of niche down into that aspect of marketing? Mm, Yeah, great question. Um, So at the start when it was just me, I did all the things. I wore all the hats and I just wanted to, I don't know, call it desperation, maybe just work with anyone and everyone, I guess. So I definitely, I was doing SEO back then. I was creating websites for people. I was just one of those... I don't know, people just wanted to give things a red hot go and literally just say yes to everyone because I just wanted to help them. But then I guess I grew. (laughs) At the time I started, it was like, I would think I was 21 when I started my business. And in the following couple of years, I realized that you can be really good at some things or like average at a lot. And so that really made me realize I needed to kind of not specialize in just one thing, but just get really good in in what lit me up the best. And um, what that was, was paid ads purely from the angle of, I guess coming from from a space of, yeah, like being interested in like traditional marketing, I really liked the fact that I could be a lot more black and white with clients in terms of, hey, you've spent this much money, you've made back this, like I've made an effort in actually increasing your bottom line in sales and being able to show them that return on investment. And I know that that still is not as black and white, but it's certainly more black and white than what it would be if you were to pay to be on a bus or something. And it's like, great, like I don't know how many people have seen this and how many people have purchased your product after seeing your bus sticker thing so yeah I think that really got me passionate about that side of business at the agency I was working for it was a lot more b2b we didn't do a lot of conversion campaigns in terms of b2c sales it was more around lead generation which I liked but when I started dabbling in it myself and I had all these different clients in e-commerce spaces and b2c industry like it was really cool because I was able to see hey, you've put this much money into the ads and now we're scaling it and now we're tripling like your return and we're doing all this kind of stuff. And I could really see the direct correlation of the ads really making a difference in the bottom line of their business, which really got me excited because I see all my clients' success is mine and vice versa. And I think it's just a really cool way to be a part of that. Um, So that was really awesome. And that's why we kind of scaled down into that area. And I felt that was something people... I don't know. I felt I felt like at the time there was a lot of agencies that were kind of doing all the things, but they were so much bigger than me. And I definitely couldn't handle doing that all on my own, which is why I guess I took 
kind of a little seat just with the ad side of things. And I got rid of SEO offerings. I got rid of all the other stuff um, and really specialized in that area. But now that I've grown the team again and I have these epic girls that can help me with so many different aspects of the things we're offering, um, we've been able to kind of go, okay, well, paid ads are great. And I'm sure we'll get into this in a second as well. But there are so many other aspects of marketing that actually have to come in and fall into place almost before you invest in paid ads in order for you to actually see great results. And at that point, I was finding a lot of my discovery calls with clients, the potential discovery call with potential clients, those leads weren't ready for paid ads. And then I was kind of just referring them elsewhere to my friends, which was totally fine. But I thought, you know what, I've now scaled this business with amazing people and they can help me actually service these people in other areas. And so now we've kind of scaled back up, I guess, with our service offerings as a result, which has been really cool. So now we do the organic and the paid side, which is a really great combination. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. I love to see that you really niche down into one area. And then once you had that like down pat, you were killing it in that area. Then you were like, okay, I'm going to introduce more instead of Mm. just trying to go in and, you know, be amazing at a million different things. You really focused on what you were good at and what you knew there was a gap in the market for as well, that you could really help people with, which I think Mm. is a really important lesson for entrepreneurs starting out, like just to not to try to do too many things all at once, just get good Mm. at one thing. And then you can just copy, paste, repeat. I'd love to know as well for my listeners who are, you know, wondering what kind of ads they should be doing. What is the difference between Google ads and Facebook ads? Yeah, I love this question so much because I often go into discovery calls with leads and they kind of already have an idea of which one they want to go with. And then after the discovery call, a lot of the time we kind of either flip what they were thinking or I don't know, it's just, it's always really educational for both of us, which is really fantastic. So the best way I like to explain it to people is that Google ads is perfect for people who are problem aware. So if your customer knows that they're searching for a product or service like yours, or they know that they have that issue that your product or service solves, then Google ads is fantastic because these people, they're problem aware, they're searching for what you offer and therefore they're typically a warmer audience than someone just scrolling on Facebook and Instagram ads. So naturally they're kind of already looking for it and they're doing a bit more of the heavy lifting for you. Um, Another really good thing about Google ads is that it's pay per click. The platform is so you're only paying Google money when someone actually clicks on your ad. So you get a lot of free brand awareness through Google ads, which is also fantastic. The downside, I guess, of that, though, is that it's highly competitive. Um, if you've ever, you know, searched something on Google, which I'm sure all of you have, you'll see that kind of there'll be three or four Google search ads at the top, and then you'll scroll down to the bottom of the listing, and there might be another two right at the bottom. And so there's really only kind of six search ads shown on that first page of Google, and it's all a bidding kind of war, I guess, um, and, and an auction to try and get your listing to the top of that. So it can be a little bit more competitive in that sense, because there's not as much room for your ads to be displayed. Um, but the quality of the people searching is obviously so much higher. So that's a really fantastic thing, particularly if you're a service-based business where people are kind of looking for, and it's very time sensitive, they're looking for that thing at that time. Um, whereas Facebook ads, it's great if your audience, they don't necessarily know that they need your product or service. And it's probably good for me to mention that when I mention Facebook ads, I'm also talking about Instagram as well, because they're both owned by Meta. So it's just, no one calls it Meta ads. So I'm just saying Facebook ads for ease, but yeah, Facebook ads, it, it is great. If your audience don't necessarily know that they need you, um, it's great for brand awareness. 
generally the audience will make more of an impulse decision with Facebook and Instagram ads because you're actually taking them away from what they they were originally doing, which is scrolling and stalking celebrities and their family and all of that online. Um, so because you're taking them away from that and they're not actually, you know, going and searching for your product or service online, it may also take them a little bit longer to convert. So it is a lot more of a high level approach of marketing because you're kind of introducing them to a product or service. And then of course you can retarget them and do all of that stuff to nurture them further. But it's really a method of like casting the net wider. And therefore, in a way, it can also be more cost effective because you're reaching more people quicker rather than focusing in on the people who are just searching for it as well. So depending on what the product or service is that you're selling really kind of channels which way I encourage people to invest in first. And obviously, if they have the budget, then a combination of both is a winner. But oftentimes, if your budget is kind of, okay, I need to prioritize where I'm spending this, then on that discovery call, I generally kind of get a good idea or a good gist of where it would probably be best to go first. So yeah, the quality of people may not be as high on Facebook ads than it is with Google, but you would be able to cast the net so much wider and then reach more people that way. Wow. That's so interesting. I feel like you just dropped so many bombs that I had not even (laughs) thought of before, which is so, so cool to see because yeah, I'd often wondered like what exactly the difference was. And I love that you said Google ads is more problem aware. So people are going and searching for something, whereas Facebook, you're kind of just throwing it in their face and, you know, forcing your product on someone and hoping that they want it. So Mm. I love that differentiation. And then another question that I get asked all the time as a coach is when is the right time to start using Facebook and Google ads? Because a lot of my coaching clients are, you know, entrepreneurs who are probably making at least a hundred K a year in their business, but they haven't, they've probably gotten there organically most of the time through organic means, through social media, through word of mouth, but they really want to take their business to that next level. So Mm. they're often wondering like, when is the right time to start investing in ads? At what point in the business should you be? Mm. Yeah. I love this question so much because I think, I, I guess even when I started doing my, my, having my marketing agency and like particularly Facebook and Google ads, like, again, at that point, the naive part of me, I think was just like, yeah, everyone like Facebook and Google ads, it's great for everyone. But as I've grown, I've realized that it's actually so much more valuable if I just be transparent with people and say, not, you're not ready for it yet. Like focus on this instead. And it's been really great doing that because people really value the fact that you're actually telling them no, and you're being honest rather than selling them a package that they actually shouldn't be investing in just yet. So I love this question because something that I say to like on my audience, if you follow me on Instagram, like I say this all the time, paid ads aren't a fire starter. They are the fuel that you pour onto an already burning fire. And the reason why I say that is because a lot of people think that paid ads is a great way to just get your brand out there. So like when you're in a startup phase, it's like, sweet, we'll just pay money to the platform gods and they'll just send it to the right people and stuff. And yes, that can work, but you will burn through money so quickly doing that. Um, and I think those people that you're talking about that, you know, you, they're getting consistent m- monthly, yearly sales, they're doing that and che- achieving that organically. They are in the perfect position to then pour fuel onto that already burning fire and be like, sweet, I've got a strategy and I've got systems that work and can hold um, a higher capacity of clients if I was to bring them on or, you know, I'm ready to scale and I'm, I've got the ability to do so if I need more, you know, warehouse space for products or whatever that might be. So Definitely consistent sales. That is one thing that I always make sure is a tick box for clients that are looking to invest in paid ads. 
consistent doesn't need to mean like a hundred sales a day. It just needs to be consistent for your business. Like you can't be relying on the ads in order to be generating you sales essentially, because at the end of the day, paid ads, it is a risk. Um, it's something that you're investing in and I can't guarantee you that. And if any marketer guarantees you sales from paid ads, just run, run the other direction <laughs> because we can't, like if, if I could, I'd be booked out like max, like it'd be crazy. Everyone would be doing Facebook and Google ads coaching and it would just be nuts. But the reality is we can get people to your website. We can get the right people there at the right time with the right message but we can't get their credit card out of their back pocket and pay for your product or service. So that is really on that client and customer and really on how you're converting them or how your website is optimized to, um, you know, increase sales and stuff like that. So definitely having, you know, a validated product or service offering that you're making consistent sales with having a website that's optimized, it's search friendly, it's mobile um, friendly and it converts, you know, you're not having a huge drop off rate, generally speaking, a 2% conversion rate is is like average for industry industry wide um and then having email workflows if that is important for your business which is most likely a yes so if you're an e-commerce brand you know definitely having some sort of welcome series um so you might have 10 percent off your first purchase or some sort of incentive there but making sure that not only your website says that but then they also get the automated email that delivers that code you know the abandoned cart flow ensuring that if people have left something in their cart then they get a reminder about that um, even a post-purchase review that might come out, you know, a week or two after they've purchased a product or maybe a day or two after they've worked with you. Um, if you offer freebie lead magnets, then making sure that that's set up with a nurture sequence as well. So I, I've worked with clients that are wanting to build their email list, but then I've kind of said to them, okay, that's great. Like we can set up the freebie lead magnet, but then what? Like those people are on your email list, but then now you need to nurture them because if they don't know how they can work with you well, then you're kind of making it a bit too tricky for them. So even just adding in that little PS line at the bottom of emails where it says, you know, PS, when you're ready, here are some ways you can work with us or whatever. So having all of those kind of organic strategies, you know, posting consistently on social media, again, consistently can be variable for you and what's realistic. I'm not here to say, you know, post five times a day because that's not realistic. But if that's doable for you and you can keep up with that, 100% do it. So yeah, I think having all of those kind of ducks in a row first and then pouring fuel onto that with paid ads means that you're leveraging something that is already working rather than trying to fix something that's broken possibly or not working as well as it could be with paid ads and just trying to use it as a band-aid solution. Because the thing is, ads change all the time, which again, I'm sure we'll talk about as well, but like there's just so many variables that happen there and you're not as much in control of, of how that works as much as what you probably hope. You know, you can factor in things like optimizing your ads, looking at what creative's working at the copy, at the URLs and all of that kind of stuff for sure. But at the end of the day, you've got the economy, you've got all these other things that you can't control as well, where people are making either impulse decisions on some things, but then they're seriously considering other stuff as well. So yeah, it's it's not one of those things where you turn on ads and straight away you've got more sales. Um, there's so many other things that come into it as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I'm so glad that you said that because that is the exact advice that I give to my coaching clients as well. Like make sure you have all that organic marketing in place first. Like if you don't have an email list, don't go out and start doing ads. If you're not posting consistently on social media and you're kind of all over the place, then what is the point in even trying to drive people towards your social media or towards your website if you're not actively using that? So that's so important. You've got to have all your ducks in a row and Mm. then move on to paid ads as, you know, like you said, it's a fuel to ignite the fire that's already burning and to make Mm. it explode and become huge, which is exactly. 
So good. And you did mention as well that, you know, Facebook and Google ads are constantly changing. And, you know, I've definitely seen that over the years since I've been using them. They used to be so cheap. They used to be so easy and it was it was so good. Um, but now they've become, you know, a lot more expensive, a lot more challenging, a lot more competition out there as well. Even just vying for people's attention nowadays is so challenging. But what would you say are the biggest changes that you're kind of seeing at the moment with the ads? Mm, yeah, the the biggest thing that I'm seeing, particularly with meta ads, so Facebook and Instagram, is their push to just go broader and broader and broader. So they're really focusing in on, you know, rely on us, rely on us because we know everything about everyone. And so just rely on our algorithm to find the right people. So this has been something that's been coming over the last few years. You would have seen possibly if you've been running Facebook ads yourself, you may have seen like detailed targeting and interest targeting kind of be removed. They're removing a lot of that stuff as well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's completely gone in the next few years um, and it's just purely demographic based. I think it, it's, it was something that was really hard for a lot of marketers to wrap their head around because we had so much control not that long ago and all of a sudden Facebook's kind of like, no, no, just it's it's all on us like rely on us more the algorithm will help blah 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 and it's so ambiguous like they never share with you how all this stuff works and I think as a bit of a control freak even myself I was like I don't know if I want to do this like I am managing hundreds of thousands of dollars of my clients money and I want to make sure that I'm a bit more in control of that but what I can tell you is that going a lot broader but focusing and honing in on your ad creative has 100% worked wonders for a lot of our clients. We've been consolidating, targeting. So rather than you know having multiple ad sets or multiple target audiences that you're targeting, working out, okay, how can we consolidate this more to make sure that this is working towards that bigger picture that Facebook has in mind as well? Um, and then and really honing, honing in on the ad creative, ensuring that that's going to stop people scroll. So ensuring that you have, you know, ad copy and ad creative that speaks to your target audience so that they are your target audience. You don't want people guessing because they're just going to scroll past and it's not going to hook them in. And what that allows you to do when you focus on the ad copy and the ad creative, but then, you know, have a killer offer with that as well. But then you just kind of relax the, the targeting side of things and have that a bit broader. What that actually does is it allows Facebook to be less restricted in finding your ideal customer or client. They're not trying to hone in on, you know, the certain um, guidelines that you're giving them where people have to be potentially interested in X, Y, Z. It's more like, okay, this is their gender. This is their age. This is where they're located or whatever you put in those kind of demographics. And then from there, you're kind of really harnessing the power of that ad creative and that ad copy to tell Facebook this is going to engage with my target audience. And so whoever, as soon as you press publish, those first few, probably first 24 hours or so, it's called estimated ad recall, I think, or something like that. It's EAR. Um, but it basically means that in those first few moments of people engaging with your ad, Facebook remembers those people and it works out who are people similar to that um, in terms of their behavior online and their demographic and all of that stuff and their interests, and everything that they know about what they do online and what they search for and finds people similar to that so that Facebook can kind of create its own lookalike audience and similar audience and push that out to more people. So it's, it's really giving them a lot of the power, but from testing that out and I didn't jump into that straight away. And to be honest, I could have missed out on opportunity there by not jumping in, but I think I was just a bit wary of like, but how much do they really know? Like, and I think now people have really uh, channeled more of prioritizing how much the creative 
means, even just people who are doing organic social media content. They're really focusing on, okay, content is king and I need to make sure that my content is speaking to my audience. It doesn't mean it has to be, you know, super polished, but it just means that people are taking it more seriously. And I think if people can focus on creating creative that stops the scroll, and then broaden their targeting a little bit more, it will help Facebook to find the right people. So that has been one of the biggest changes that I've seen. It's no longer a lot of the granular kind of, you know, all of that stuff. It's a lot more giving a bit more control to Facebook for sure, which, yeah, feels a bit icky at the start, but I've seen it work now. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's almost like AI reminds me of AI. Like I know they call it algorithm, but it's kind Mm. of a similar thing where it's like, kind of knows more than we do or it's got Mm -hmm. this set structure to it that actually does work really well like surprisingly scarily well (laughs) where it can even you know sort of replace human thinking in some aspects so it's very interesting to hear that that's kind of the direction that it's going in but it also does make sense and I guess if it's less work and effort on our end as people who are wanting the results you know Mm. we can get those results quicker and better and it can figure it out for us, it's probably going to save time and money in the long run anyway, which is great. In a fast-paced world, time is everything. And for busy business owners like you, efficiency is key. That's why I use Flowdesk, the ultimate email building platform designed to save you time and skyrocket your business success. With Flowdesk, creating stunning emails is a breeze. Say goodbye to complicated interfaces and coding. Flowdesk's user-friendly editor empowers you to design captivating emails in minutes. They also have amazing automations which help you to save time and money. If you've ever gotten an email from me, you would have seen the beautiful design as I use Flowdesk for all my emails. Flowdesk offers a vast collection of templates crafted to match your brand's unique style. If you are interested in trying Flowdesk on a free trial, you can go to shakirajade.com forward slash Flowdesk to find out more or use my code shakirajade at checkout to save 50% off your first year. Join myself and thousands of other entrepreneurs who use and trust Flowdesk. Another question that I often get asked about ads, when I start to bring up ads with my clients, they always talk about boosting posts on Facebook and Instagram. Um, And that is typically something I tend to advise them against. I usually say, if you want to get into ads, it's worth spending the time to learn about it and really understand them properly. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I sometimes feel like with boosting posts, you kind of put a little bit of money in and then Facebook's like, oh, they're spending money with me. I'm going to send them some leads and I'm going to send them some people. And then they're like, it's working. I'm going to boost another one. And you keep boosting, boosting, but it kind of doesn't, doesn't maintain those same results that you had from that initial boost. So I'd love to get your thoughts on that and what you think about boosting. Yeah. Yeah. I have lots of thoughts about boosting. (laughs) I I even created a course called Stop Boosting, Start Converting. So um, yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts. And look, at the end of the day, if you're just wanting to get more followers, you're wanting to get more engagement on your posts, more traffic and profile visits, boosting is totally fine. But if your goal with investing in ads is more about generating sales and generating leads, those actual things that move the needle in your business forward, then ads manager and actually investing in paid ads kind of the right way through Facebook and Instagram through ads manager is the wisest decision. And the reason why I say that is because boosted posts are great for the profile visits, the engagement, the likes, the shares, the comments, all this stuff. 
but that's all it's optimizing your posts for. So it's really just trying to get more engagement for you or get more traffic to your website or get more profile views. It's not really telling Facebook that you want to optimize for people downloading your freebie or people filling out your contact form or people purchasing your product online. So what you can do through Ads Manager is it isn't limited to just those kind of engagement focused things. And you're able to actually set up conversion tracking so you can set up when someone on your Shopify store has purchased your product, you can set up all the other things leading up to that. So when they view the product, they add add to cart, they initiate checkout, they add their payment method, and then they go and purchase. You can track all those different things with the conversion value attached to it, the product ID, all of that stuff. You're also able to, you know, then retarget people who've abandoned their cart and you can show them the exact product they were looking at because it tracks that product ID. So there's so many different things that you can do through Facebook ads. Um, And even though they are simplifying that, it's still so much more comprehensive than what you can just do through purely boosting. So boosting is really designed for for people who are probably, yeah, starting out and just want to get more eyeballs onto their Instagram page or their Facebook page um, or to that specific post. But there's not a lot of customization that you can do. So for example, let's say you have an Instagram post that's done really well. It will probably send you that little message that goes, boost this post for $10 and reach a million people. And you're like, wow, sounds too good to be true. So then you go and do it. But then you find you're getting just, you know, comments and likes and that's about it, maybe some views and stuff. But you can't actually then go and change or A, B test, split test, any of that part of that ad. So you can do that through Ads Manager. You can go, okay, sweet, let's try a different hook at the start of the video or let's try a different thumbnail or let's try a different headline or ad copy. So many different things that you can test to try and scale what's working and what's not. But with a boosted post, you really only have that one shot with that one post and you would have to then post another thing to then try that again. Um, so yeah, there's so many things, exclusion targeting, um, being able to optimize for certain conversion events, retargeting, as I said before, you know, you can do so much there where if someone's gone to your website or they've gone to your Instagram account or they're on your email list, you know, you can retarget all those people through Facebook ads with, you know, some sort of nurturing retargeting ad there as well, but you can't necessarily do that on boosting. So there's just a lot that you're missing out on in that sense. So if you want to take it seriously and really work on creating an evergreen kind of always on ad campaign that's going to generate you sales and leads on autopilot, that is something that you will want to do inside of Ads Manager instead. I, I couldn't agree more. I think if you're going to go down that path as well of, you know, getting into ads, you may as well you know, take that time to invest and really get to know what you're doing and try to understand the system more than just, you know, flicking on a boost post. Because at the end of the day, if you want to grow and scale your business, then you're going to get to that point eventually where you're going to need to to know more mm-hmm. about it. So, um, and I would love to know as well, your thoughts on, you know, DIY um, Facebook ads, because I know like you run courses as well to teach people how to do their own, you do coaching to teach people how to do their own ads as well, versus using, you know, an agency to run the ads for them. You know, at what point should someone be doing DIY or should they be using an agency? And what would you kind of say the main differences are between the two? Mm, yeah, great question. Um, I think if you're still in that startup phase, or even if you're in that growth phase, and you still have time, I would highly recommend DIYing your ads. I mean, to the, the startup process of setting it up can take an initial you know, chunk of your time. But once that's set up, optimizing those ads is only, you know, maybe 
two hours of your time a week, I would say, depending on how much stuff you've got going on and how often things change. But it, it's not a lot of time. Obviously, um, you know, outsourcing to an ad agency, they're able to look at all of that stuff, you know, every couple of days, be able to provide you with reports, dig deeper on insights, do all of that kind of stuff for you, create different ad creatives, test and scale and do all of that. And if that sounds too overwhelming and you don't have the time to do that, but you do have the money to invest in it, then 100% go down that line. But I think if you're still in that startup growth phase where you've got time to do that yourself, then there are so many free video resources on YouTube, on all of those places online. Um, Even Facebook, they have a free Facebook blueprint that you can complete, which is a great starting place. And then after that, once you've kind of set things up and stuff, you may want to get personalized advice from someone. And that's when you could invest in somebody who is an ads expert and then, you know, ask for training or an audit or whatever to kind of give you customized advice that's really focused on your business because that is one thing, you know, once you start advertising the meta pros that literally people that will be assigned to you once you start spending a certain amount of money on ads, they'll be assigned to you per quarter and you'll get access to these people for personalized support. And you've possibly had these calls before if you're listening to this and running ads, but they can be a bit hit and miss. You know, they have probably 500 different businesses assigned to them every quarter. They're working with so many different industries, so many different clients. Their level of advice to you is quite um, basic and quite generalized. And it makes it really tricky to really know kind of what's working and what's not in your business. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's something that can be a really good next step once you've kind of DIY'd it a little bit and tried to troubleshoot it and wrap your head around it and then invest in someone to teach you from that point. That would be really helpful. But if you're in that scaling phase and you are making those consistent sales, um, you know, you're looking to really grow grow your business further with paid ads or, you know, turn it even up if you're, if you're already doing ads. Um, if you've kind of got the money to, to outsource, I would 100% recommend doing that. And like starting price for outsourcing for full management would probably like the lower end would be around that $1,000. You would see mid range being around $1,500 and then kind of the higher level is like two grand plus. Um, so you'd be looking at spending that and that's just management fees. And then you'd be spending money per day. And budget wise, I would recommend no less than $50 a day. If you're a very localized, say for example, you're a hair salon and you're very localized or something like that, then maybe in that point you would want to, you know, decrease your spend a little bit because you may not need as much money to reach your target audience because it's a lot smaller. But say you have an e-commerce store that sells all over Australia, well then you've got a much larger audience now. So you might need more money to actually put into your budget to actually allow Facebook to show it to more people and test things quicker. So yeah, you've got, there's a lot of moving parts in terms of the budget side of things. And if it's not in your budget, I would highly recommend um, DIYing it yourself. If you've got, you know, those two hours a week that you could kind of invest in, in doing that. So yeah, there's, there's heaps of different options with it, but that's kind of what I would recommend. Do you have more time or do you have more money? Yeah, I love that. That is such a good explanation. And I think as well, like understanding the ads, even if you are starting out, it's so good to understand them yourself. Like I started out doing my ads myself. And then because I learned how to do them myself, I understood the terminology, understood how they work so that when I did bring on, I brought someone in house to manage them. And then we brought you guys on and Mm. it was so 
good for me personally as business owner to understand all the back end of the ads. So you guys aren't just sending me reports or showing me things and I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. Like I've done it. I know what it means. And then I can work with you guys to make changes and optimize them as much as possible. So I definitely think investing that time into learning about it, even if you pretty quickly get someone to manage them for you, it's never a waste of time Mm. because you're building your knowledge base, which is going to help you. Totally. Off the back of that, I mean, most agencies, and I would hope that, I mean, this is what we do, and I'd hope most other agencies do the same, really are transparent and educate you along the process. So if you are investing in ads for the first time and don't have, you know, a huge amount of knowledge, hopefully they would be sharing with you the ins and outs of that rather than gatekeeping that to try and keep you on board. Um, But just from personal experience, you know, working with you guys and already having that back end knowledge on a lot of the marketing terminology allows us to also have real realistic expectations with one another, which is so helpful as an agency, because there are a lot of things in our control, but there are a lot of things out of our control as well. And marketing is just, well, sorry, Facebook and Google ads is only one part of the whole marketing kind of pie. So making sure that the client is aware of that as well, that, you know, if we can get traffic to your website, we can do all of this stuff. But if there's something that's not quite converting, then maybe we need to look at your email flow, or maybe we need to look at your website. And yeah, being able to talk to a client that understands that this is just one part of it, and you have to look at it holistically in order to optimize everything to make sure it's all working and talking with one another. That is just like dream client for us. (laughs) And I'm sure for many other agencies. Yeah, definitely. And you touched on different aspects of marketing. What would you sort of say at the moment? I know UCG is becoming very popular. Um, What kind of other areas of marketing are you seeing working really well for businesses? Yeah, I'm finding founder-led content is massive at the moment. And to be honest, I'm binge watching it as well. So even your little vlogs that you do as well, (laughs) binge watching, because I just think it's so, I mean, people, people love being nosy. Vlogs have been around for ages, but business vlogs is something where you, you really feel like, okay, now I'm actually being a part of this business's journey. And I can actually see that they're not just led by money, but they're driven by impact. They're driven by the change that they're having on people and all of this kind of stuff. And I think it really touches on people's heartstrings but it also motivates them if they're also business owners or even consumers to be able to invest in someone who's got this vision and the reason why behind their brand which I think is is really really cool so I am loving founder-led content whether that's you know behind the scenes stuff or sharing the vision we had a client that we did a VIP day for recently she has she's a mum and she sells like supplements for um post I'm not a mum so these words are like really foreign to me but like prenatal person it's after the baby <laughs> so post um and she sells supplements and it's it's amazing like we had four different ads running for her and three of them were kind of like UGC or sorry two of them were UGC one was like a behind the scenes where she was stirring in the drink and mixing it with just like some stuff that came up and then the fourth ad that we had was a similar concept so it was her in the video with her two kids sitting on a bench and she was just mixing the drink and just doing life Um, we had music in the background and text popping up explaining her story of why she started this business And that generated her five sales in the first two hours that we had this ad live, which was crazy. Like she was saying to me, she texted me straight off. She was like, Jess, I've been getting all of these sales from, I don't know where, like, I know they're coming from the ads. I don't know what's performing the best, but we said double down on this content. Like this is speaking to your audience so much. And she was making five sales in a week previously. And it was just so cool to see that work not only organically for her, that was one of her best 
performing organic posts that she had. And we thought, well, if that's worked organically really well, let's try that. We'll tweak it slightly with the call to action more so for ads, but we just changed the hook and changed the call to action, but everything else was all hers. And it was amazing. And I think people just relate to people. They want to hear what you have to sell without feeling like they're being sold to. How is your product or service actually not only impacting people, but how is it part of someone's life? Um, And yeah, I think that's been a really cool thing to see. I mean, there's so many people, particularly on TikTok, that's blowing up a lot at the moment. Business vlogs, founder-led content, people just literally vlogging their day of what they're doing, but incorporating little tidbits of like value in there of either their product or either, you know, yeah, how they can work with you or something like that. So yeah, I'm trying to do more of that myself, but it's, it's hard. (laughs) You feel like, oh, but what I did today was so boring, but you'd be surprised. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I'm obsessed with watching that kind of content too. And now I'm already like, hmm, I'm going to immediately go make some founder-led content yeah. <laughs> and it's to be like run these as ads <laughs> I'm ready to go please love it no I agree I definitely think that's such a big thing I don't know if you follow um Brittany Saunders mm-hmm. she's an Australian girl and I think she Killing does it. that so well she's so transparent with her business and all the behind the scenes and it makes you want to buy her clothes because just of who she is like I mm. don't even like the clothes themselves aren't the thing that stands out. It's her and her personality and the way that she's so transparent with everything behind the scenes. So Mm. I definitely agree. That's a big thing these days. Um, Kind of pivoting the conversation a little bit. I know you have a clothing label as well, which you started alongside your um, marketing business. Something I'm really passionate about is helping people bring in different streams of income in their business, not just relying on one sole thing, but bringing in different income streams. And I think you've done that really well. I'd love to know, like, how did you bring in a product-based business or how did you kind of get to that point where you felt like you were ready to launch a completely new, entire different business? Mm, yes. Oh, spicy. This wasn't on our notes. I love it. <laughs> so <laughs> no, this was, this is really cool. I, um, yeah, my husband and I started our loungewear brand last year, like a month before our wedding, which was ridiculous, <laughs> but I'm so glad we did it again. Red hot crack. So I'm living up to that. The reason why we started it was really around. It's something that I've always, I've loved working with e-commerce brands because I've, I've loved seeing the impact that they can have through products on people's lives. Um, Obviously loungewear saturated as, so we knew that, but our heart behind our label is really our point of difference. Um, I mean, the quality of our clothes are fantastic too, but the heart behind the label is really what we love to push. And that the label is called without reason, the label and the whole message behind it is encouraging others to do good things without reason, basically. So be kind without reason, encourage without reason, um, all of that stuff. And we're just so passionate about that, that you know, we have these values inherently in our lives that we just think that so many people relate to that, but it gets lost so much in the nitty gritty of just world stuff that happens. So yeah, being able to kind of share that um, with people through, you know, a brand that is really passionate about just seeing a difference and being the difference and leaving this world better than we found it. So that was kind of the mission and the heart behind it. Um, and yeah, it's funny. I, I started it in my head years ago, as all business ideas do. <laughs> and I kind of planted the seed to Bryson and said, you know, I want to do this. But at the time, it was actually a stationary brand. I love stationery. I'm a stationary hoarder, diaries, this, that, whatever. So that was kind of 
what I thought I could do. But um, COVID hit and, I mean, I work from home, as do many people at that point as well had to. Um, I wear loungewear pretty much every day and I thought, you know what, this, I can never have enough of it in a sense. And, but if I could wear something that is going to make people question what it means and then do a little bit more digging into our brand and yeah, in next year we'll be, we'll be releasing our first kind of slogan line um, of be kind with that reason, which I'm really excited about. So at the moment it's all just without reason, the label, but being able to meet people at our market stores that we've done and them going, Hey, really like that name. Like, what does it mean? And then getting to chat with them about it has been epic so yeah it's been a really really cool way to just not only meet people and we're both people people um I'm a little bit more extroverted than him but I'm getting him out there out of his bubble um a little bit and those market stalls have just been such a yeah game changer for us just it just fully fills our cup which has been really cool Oh, I love that. That's so amazing. And it's, you know, obviously running one business is a lot of work and it's a lot of time and effort. So to be able to run two successful businesses is amazing and so cool too, that you've been able to bring in an extra income stream so that, you know, if one of your businesses perhaps has a bit of a lull in sales, you have another, another income stream that is going to keep you going. And it just helps to create that balance. So you're not feeling Mm. like everything's relying on this one business, which I think is really smart. And uh, just to wrap up, I had two kind of personal questions I wanted to ask you. One of them was just, what is your favorite thing about owning your own business? Mm, Oh my gosh, so many things. But honestly, as I said, I'm, I'm a people person. And I think my biggest value in doing this is being transparent and just creating an impact with people. Um, my favorite thing is is having like those light bulb moments on calls with clients where they just go, oh my gosh, this makes sense. Marketing was so foreign to me, mm-hmm. but now like that, I don't know, the way you've explained it, like jargon free, like I get it. And that's been, that just fills my cup so much. But then being able to actually see the needle moving forward in their business or taking them to that next level that they weren't really sure how they were going to unlock and achieve has been really cool. And it's, and it's not about then tooting, you know, my horn, it's more just being able to sit back and go, heck, like I was a part of that. And that's really cool that I had the front seat at witnessing them get to that next stage. So yeah, I think that's what drives, drives me with that and would be my favorite part of running my own business, obviously the flexibility and the stuff like that. But it's so funny. I think I read a quote once. It's like, you leave um, your nine to five to then work 24 seven or something. And I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's true, but it's, it's so good when you can kind of you re- reflect on how far you've come and then really come back to that why. Cause if you don't have that why, then it does just feel like that humdrum thing of like, this is great, but now I've got taxes to do and I've got this to do. And like, it's so much easier to just be an employee <laughs> and just have your wages come in every week. So it's challenging, but it's so rewarding and I wouldn't have it any other way. I love that. That's so beautiful. And especially, you know, I think people, yeah, there's not as much flexibility in running a business as you think there will be, you know, Mm. you want to have the freedom and you want to have the time, but it's definitely a lot of hard work to get to that point. So I love that Mm. you mentioned that as well. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's not easy, but it's 100% worth it, you know, which is great. And my other question is if you could go back 10 years ago and give little Jess some advice, (laughs) give her a piece of advice with running her own business, what would you say to her starting out? Oh my goodness. I was 17, 10 years ago. (laughs) So what was I thinking at that point, man, I would have been in like year, yeah, year 12 probably, or year 11 at school. I think at that point I would have just been like, stop caring so much about what other people think. To be honest, I think I, I still am in that stage right now where I compare 
timelines way too much. Like I was chatting to someone else in the business space the other day about this where, you know, you can be feeling so successful in all of this and then all of a sudden you jump on Instagram, see someone else similar age or maybe even younger than you that's just killing it and you're like, wow, oh, I thought I was doing all right, but now I've, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I think if I could go back, I'd just be like, yeah, A, who cares like what your family and friends think? Be cringe, get on like, get online, just be cringe and be yourself because people are going to be attracted to your energy and your vibe, the way that you communicate. And that's what I found is what happened when I just kind of got online and I was more confident in myself, even though I was maybe faking it at the start a little bit, but you could tell when I was jumping on and feeling a lot more confident about what I was saying, people bought that a lot more. They can tell when you're not, you know, secure about how you're feeling about your business and things. And so, yeah, faking it until you make it is, is truly something that I feel like I wish I'd told myself back then because I was probably letting that insecurity of like, I'm too young to start a business. Um, Will people take me seriously? Like (laughs) all of that stuff. And yeah, it's amazing what happens when you actually just speak with confidence and speak with, yeah, just, I don't know, integrity and all of that. So that's what I would tell myself. I love that. I think that is such good advice. And I think I would, that's honestly similar to what I would tell myself as well, because I think a lot of people just struggle so much with, you know, putting themselves out there online. I definitely struggle with it starting my coaching business. Mm. I wanted to start it at least, a, I registered the domain name a year and a half before I actually started it. And wow. I'd been wanting to do it even longer than that. But I had this fear of putting myself out there online. I was so afraid of what people would think or, you know, would people not like me? Would they not want to work with me? me, even though I had all this evidence that I could do it and I knew I Mm. could help people be successful, I still had that fear. So I definitely think it's, it's like a work in progress. It's something you constantly have to kind of be working on. And I think especially for people who are starting out, that is such good advice because everybody feels that way. You know, everyone has that fear of putting themselves out there, but you've just got to take that messy, imperfect action and it will, you'll get better at time. Like the first Mm. podcast episodes, never the best, the first Instagram live, the first, whatever you do, but you've just got to get out there and do it. And it, it pays off, you know? Mm. So, So true. I love that advice. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I would love for you to just share, um, if anyone in my audience is interested in working with you, how they can work with you, how they can contact you. Totally. So yeah, um, Instagram will probably be the best way to find me. I'm most active on there, but it's JES Solution Marketing um, and same with our website, jessolutionmarketing.com.au. But yeah, we've got capacity to work with anybody from, you know, one-on-one trainings, VIP days where we set it up for you, but then hand it over to you, um, done for you ads management. If you're like, yeah, this was great, but like (laughs) over my head, I just need someone to do it all for me. Um, Yeah, we're available to help you out with that too. And of course, the organic side of things as well. But I know this was a bit more geared towards the paid ads. So hopefully this was helpful. But if you have any questions, just send me a DM or more than happy to do a voice message kind of tennis match between the two of us and chat further if you've got questions. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. I definitely highly recommend reaching out because you guys have definitely helped my business a lot, especially my e-commerce business. We were doing, I think 500,000 last financial year and we did 1.8 million this financial year, which is all through, you know, ads and scaling the business. And I've seen such amazing growth in my business just from working with you guys. So I definitely, definitely recommend you guys for sure. (laughs) So thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you jumping on and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much. I 
hope you guys loved that episode with Jess. As I said, she is amazing. I've been working with her for about a year and a half now, and she has truly helped our business grow so much, especially my e-commerce business. It has tripled in sales, more than tripled in sales in one financial year, which is absolutely crazy. Um, We're continually growing, and I know that we wouldn't have been able to do it without the help of ads and without the help of Jess's agency, really helping us get to that next level. So highly recommend checking her out. She also shares a lot of value on her Instagram as well. So take a look at her Instagram and reach out to her if you are interested in working with her at all. And I'll be back again next week in your ears with a new episode. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If you enjoyed it or got some value from it, please share it with a friend who you think might like it also. If you're feeling extra generous, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me to reach more people and spread my message to those who need it the most when growing their business. Thanks once again, and I'll see you here next week.